So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Check the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to QLS Classic Episode 80 with Lena Waif from April 2018. Fresh off her Emmy victory for writing on Aziz Ansari's awesome Master of None, uh, we chop it up with Lena Waif about life in Hollywood. Starting out as an intern, to an assistant, to an actress, to creator, to showrunner, her journey's still going strong. So get ready for a nice ride and enjoy Lena Waithe on QLS Classic. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Her name is Lena. Yeah. Not Linne. Yeah. Clever roll call verse. Yeah. I don't have a name. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. My word is born. Yeah. The only Lena I acknowledge. Yeah. Other than horn. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Robin Feeney called Suprema. Suprema roll call. Her name is Lena. Yeah. Let's introduce her. Yeah. Even though Common yeah. is her exec producer. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. And when it's said and done. Yeah. I'm the jack of few trades. Yeah. Master of none. Hey. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. It's La Ia. Yeah. Up in this piece. Yeah. I love me some Lena. Yeah. But I'm looking for Denise. Roll call. Hey. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Lena. Yeah. I'm from the Shy. Yeah. Uh, I hope I don't mess yeah. this up. Yeah. So mind. I don't die. Roll call. <laughs> Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema. 
Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Quest Love Supreme. I'm your host, Quest Love. This is Pandora. Hello, Team Supreme. What up? Yes. Hello. Hey, Quest. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hey, uh, chatting with Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man's got a logo. Man's got a logo. Let's move on. We'll talk about this some other time. <laughs> like, but it's yeah, like you in. made her mark, and now you are officially uh, Sugar Steve hey, chatting. Yeah. He's the flash of the crew now. He's yeah. His store is coming in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have, just so you know what they're talking about, I have my own talk show now. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. On, on, on IG. On IG. Oh, he has a spinoff already. <laughs> it's called Chatting with Sugar. Yes. <laughs> I still think you should change the title, man. Like Brown Sugar? <laughs> well, that's not yep. Wait, To Whoa, what, though? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's already in the history books, man. Well, no, Chatting with Sugar. There's, sometimes you know. there's just no Well, no, back. you didn't want us calling you Sugar Steve when we first started the show, and I had to force that title on you. So, I mean, it's, you know. He's branded now. I like chatting with sugar. Chatting I'm gonna pop in on you one time. I'm gonna jo- join. I'm gonna be. You said your wife watches the show. right? My wife is an oh avid watcher of chatting with sugar. <laughs> Stop she's y'all. one of twelve. She's the number right. one fan. Right. Steve's we're, already we're, starting to change. This shit is already. <laughs> this shit is really. She's happening. one of seventeen. Followers. I know it's really happening. I, I see you all the time. On but it. you taught me everything I know. I know as a host. Oh God, host. that's that's always the death nail. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> someone says you talk to everything, he's like, he's like, that's why it's failing. Now he's <laughs> <laughs> like, Pandora's about to offer me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, today our special guest is an accomplished actress, producer, screenwriter, showrunner, and director. Uh, she made history in 2017 as the first. Wait, are you tired of people bringing up this fact to wait about you? Like, <laughs> better not be. like it's a unicorn. Like <laughs> it is though. I mean, I mean kinda... yeah. I mean, here's the truth. Can I... I be the first show that doesn't just no, bring up that fact? No, bring it up. No one will let you not bring it up. That's the thing is, I have to just own that it's always going to be a part of my life and my Sorry, career. Yeah. But I think it's a you know it's a cool thing. It's a really it's a cool thing. You know, but it's, it's also sort of sad that in 2017, still first black. That's the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but people have to be. <laughs> Reminded that of that sad fact. Okay. Yeah, but well, it was also a, it was a dope because I shared it with Donald. Like Donald is uh, the first black person ever uh, win for directing an episode of comedy mm-hmm. television. So I feel like it was nice to make history with so him. So did a Howie Denzel before the Emmys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love when we do the interview before I even get the introduction. Now <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, she made history in 2017 as the first African American female to win an Emmy. For outstanding writing yes. on a comedy yes. series uh, for the very <laughs> excellent Thanksgiving episode of one of my favorite shows, Masters, Master of None. Thank you, bro. Um, and you're also the showrunner of the critically acclaimed Shy. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah, creator. Also a big thing for a black woman because there's only like three of y'all. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's like me, Shonda, Mara. Courtney Kemp, who created Power. A lot of people forget about Courtney, but Courtney's right. like out here Ava, doing it. Does she count as T- Ava, absolutely. She's, absolutely. She's in waiting. She's Shonda in waiting because she's about to do Get Christy Love. We yeah. still haven't introduced our, our guest. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, welcome to wait to Quest Love Supreme. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm happy it. to be here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, well, my question was, are you tired of having to bear the burden of being the first of you know, in 2017. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm tired 
tired of it. I think I'm very proud to be a vessel. That's what I really feel like. It's like, because I know I'm not the first black woman who has written a funny <laughs> episode mm-hmm. of television. I just think it takes the, wild, the industry a while to kind of catch up. So I think the stars are sort of aligned and, and for me to, to have that amazing accomplishment. But the truth is, I was just, I went to the Oscar parties and stuff like that. Got a chance to chop it up with Halle Berry, the one and only. Mm-hmm. She still looks great. Uh, and the sad part was when we watched the packages uh, for like best actress, best lead actress, um, she's still the only one. Wow. No one has followed her since uh, winning for Monsters Ball. And so, and I brought that up, you know, to her and I thought, man, like that's still, that's troublesome. And she said, yeah. And I think for me, my biggest mission with it is to make sure I'm not the last. Is to, do, I'm, I'm out here mentoring like crazy. And- I'm trying to, you know, walk people into rooms because I don't mind being the first as long as there's others that can walk through. Because then what happens is people just celebrate that moment and go, oh, aren't we grand? Like, we had this moment. Um, and I think Donald feels the same way. I think, you know, I think we want to make sure that we're this, the, this short list that we're on, which we are on, there's a very short list of people that they just go to us for everything. We want to make it longer. We want to introduce them to these new writers that are out here doing dope stuff. How? What's the... Uh What's the process of even finding quality? Because I know, like, there's mm-hmm. there's an argument of of being included or getting a seat at the table, right? Versus bringing something quality to the table. Uh huh. And that's often a debate we have. I mean, there's you know, black film out there now that might, or or black actors or mm-hmm. or writers or whatever who are it might be whatever but it's black we got to support it right yeah. or else we ain't gonna get a no and some <laughs> that bring in the money aren't necessarily the quality that you particularly enjoy Absolutely. that sort of thing so yeah. how can you how is one able to vent through that because i always yeah. feel always felt as though the process of getting to greatness not saying that I, i've ever heard stories of martin scorsese being an intern on a set somewhere and right eventually working his way up to mm-hmm. what do you start with woodstock as an editor but mm-hmm. It's like what's what's the process of getting in behind the scenes? Because I feel what's more notable right. about you is that even though you're an actress, I know on a show I like mm-hmm. your behind the scenes work is very substantial, and that I feel is more important for you to pull people in. Right, right. Well, look, I mean, you bring up a really interesting point because it's a very controversial topic, you know, that I'm trying to deal with. And I got a, we just got greenlit to do a pilot called 20s over at TBS, which is a half hour, which is loosely based on my 20s being a queer black girl living in Los Angeles. Who, thank you so much. Who is an aspiring television writer as well. Mm-hmm. And she's a little bit, this character is not exactly me, but she's a little bit ballsier than me. And there's a fictitious you know, black show that she's trying to get a job on. Um, and she talks to, to her girls about it and she's like, man, I don't want to go work on that show. And, uh, and, uh, is this is based on the G word. No, 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 no. Because I know you worked at Girlfriends. For... Yeah, but no, it's not that. It's not okay, that. No, no, no. Okay. But it's honestly, it's like it's it's not based on. I'm I'm creating like characters to kind of talk about issues I want to discuss. Even though, but I'm also just using my dating life as a bit of fodder for like this character. But the thing is, is like there are shows that black folks don't love, but you can't say it in public, right? And so, That's and I every think, show. <laughs> no, no. Wait no. for black shows. No. Okay. Who don't like Atlanta? Let's... Right. True. No, well, I mean, Atlanta is a fucking Who don't unicorn. like blackish? No, I'm. Yeah. Those are those are like well, critical. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking like like 
Tyler Perry, Tyler House Perry. Of Pain or something like in public, that. you say it, and to other people, yeah, it's cool. Well, but I don't know if that. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think there are people that genuinely can I curse on this? Show? Yeah, yeah. Yes. There are people that genuinely fuck with those shows. You know, oftentimes they live in the South. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe not. Or maybe they're supposed to be living in New York City. No, nah, they like, live in the South. My mother watches <laughs> those shows religiously. But I'm just Meet saying, the but there are people that really fuck. With, I'm talking about shows that you feel like, or even movies sometimes, or you're like. Okay, and you see the campaigns like they go on Instagram. All the celebrities are saying, "Yeah, yeah." There's a guilt trip you almost feel like you on if you don't go you see, it, you don't post it. your the ticket, mayor. you know. And I just kind of feel like that then becomes it, it kind of goes. Oh, <laughs> oh you baby, you joint? no! I mean, look, hey, what you're telling happen? the truth? I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's a there's a guilt that you feel, um, and the question that becomes is like. When do we get to that point? But I think that's why, again, it's proof that the the playing field is still not leveled because we don't have enough movies where we can skip it. How many white folks, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, got to go see uh, Death Wish this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't (laughs) know. It's just like, but I do think there's this pressure on black folks to go support black stuff, whether you love it or not. And I just don't think we've gotten to that place where you can't go online and be like, even if even with my show, like, I don't know what's real because I, I don't know if there's somebody's gonna come out and go, yeah, the shot is just okay. Because then folks will be like, why are you hating on, you know, da da da. That becomes and my thing is I'm like, I welcome it. If you don't fuck with it, tell me why. So don't then say I can prove it. It's like in private amongst us. I've heard some some interesting Chicago comments about the shot, but they would never say it in front of others. Yeah. But my thing is, you have to. Like, what's the deal? I feel like until we can start criticizing each other in public, we ain't gonna ever overcome. Like, we just kind of have to. But I think there's this this thing of, like, we don't want to talk about it. And trust me, I'm guilty of it. Like, there's things that maybe I don't love, but I ain't going to talk about that shit on Twitter. Exactly. I ain't going to go in on, on, on Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to be supportive. And I think that's just about so, about our community, too. Like, we just don't kind of air our dirty laundry. Yeah. Like, if, we, right. if I have a, a criticism about your show, I can say that to you, me and you mm-hmm. talking, but I ain't going to say that in a room full of white folk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, I get it. You, but you know I but I also think it's and I think Donald and I have had this conversation is that we, he and I always want to be better. We always want to make our stuff great. You know, we don't ever want somebody to say, Oh yeah, I like that show because I'm supposed to. Yeah. It's like t- now mind you, we can't you know, please everybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're we're making TV shows. This is our point of view. This is our the this is this is our cities from from through our lens. So everybody may have a different version of Chicago than I do, or people may have a different version of Atlanta than Donald does. Um, but I think if there's a real thing of like, mm, I don't, that is not a real thing in the city, or we don't go through that, or that's some fake shit you done made up, like please, by all means, like tweet about it, talk about it, pipe up about it. But I do think there's this, a lot of these black artists live in this bubble of like you only want good things and you know there's some artists that I feel like I like to call it being under the tent for too long where they start you see you see their material and it's almost like watching Muhammad Ali fight past his prime mm. well okay is there a such thing as snobbery? I shot, I shot fire but you don't know who I'm shooting them at so it's all good <laughs> no no okay so let's take like does it make me snobby if I look down on uh, meet the Browns and Tyler because I mean the the pros of it is that he's he has his own studio right. he's putting people to work right yada 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 but charming dude I met him the first time over Oscar weekend yeah yeah I fucking love Tyler but I'm just saying that um the way that Spike went about criticizing him yeah right I mean is it again it almost makes you question your taste and I have this about hip hop all the time uh-huh. like you know I I wasn't very forthcoming and and saying that oh, I mean maybe I was a little indifferent to 
some, let me think of something. Gambino? Cardi B or like something? No, like. no, I'm thinking of something old. Like, okay, back when, all right, so back in the day when, when MJG first came out oh, okay. or UGK, <laughs> okay. uh, I was slow to open up to UGK and MJG. And then once Reek started really fucking with it on the tour to bus, then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Chicago, that was Yeah, yeah we used to really go hard on that. Yeah. It took me a while because <laughs> I, I came from jazz samples with like right. my East Coast, yeah. that right, sort right. of thing. But is it like, I'm trying to figure out if either I have mob mentality and willing myself to like something that I normally would think is is lowbrow humor. I think you just have to, I, for me, I look at it, you have to look at the audience that it's intended for. And like, does something, does it hit its target? You know what I'm saying? And so for me, like my mom watches Meet the Browns and like, what's the other one you got? The, the haves and have nots. Dog. And loving like, you is wrong. Oh, that's, all of, that's yeah, that's she watches Like You can't call her while that's on. This was song. like an SNL skit, us running through these titles, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> she like, watches them joints. And so it's like, it's it's not for me. You have to learn. It's like, all right, this is not my kind of thing, but the audience that he's going for, right, he's but killing I'm saying, it with that audience. You know what I mean? But uh, again, is, is it subjective? Is it is it really lowbrow humor that you're above or are we just... Here, here's past it all, and we we think we're better than that. I, look, like, here's the and I own my snobbiness. Like I'm v- totally aware of it. Like I work in the business. I'm v- have a very critical eye. I try to sometimes yeah. come back from that, but I just can't. And also, my fiance is well. She's she's an exec, but now she runs Michael B. Jordan's production company. Mm-hmm. So we are aware that we go to the arc light. We have our assigned seats. Like we're those black mm-hmm. people. Are you serious? But yeah, That's like hilarious. it's just like whatever. Is it what it is? But I think to me, what's scary about those shows is. Is that they're constantly being pumped to the same black audiences. What happens is I always look at it like food and what you digest. So they're being given McDonald's, yep. which is fast, it tastes good, and it goes through you really quickly. And it changes your palate. You exactly. never get a taste for nothing else. So then it's like when you try to give you something like filet mignon, like foie gras, caviar, escargot, a la moonlight, get out, things like that. Sometimes it, it becomes difficult for them to eat that food. They have to stop it. Because they're so used to <laughs> McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So that's my only thing. I was like, I, I, I'm cool with people you know, taking in that kind of entertainment. But the tough thing, especially for black folks, it's like, it's like, I what I want is for our people to have a more sophisticated palate, so to speak, which is like, they go see Boo, you know, but then also go see Moonlight, you know, go see, um, you know, a movie like Shape of Water. I, I just kind of want our folks to have that kind of exposure. It's not unlike, you know, when you, we deal with kids on the South Side who've never been downtown, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're only watching those shows. And so what happens is, and also too, even though Yes is funny and light and it's all good and Tyler is, like, I, I, I mean, he's such a good dude, I think it can get a little nutty when that's the only, images are so powerful. Like, because I grew up, I was very blessed. Like, I was a kid. I got to watch a different world like every Thursday and mm-hmm. Cosby show and like Fresh Prince and things like that. And so I was seeing images of people that I wanted to be. They were smart. They were fly. They were cool. They were literally on a, a fictitious like mm-hmm. HBCU, you mm-hmm. know, a campus every week. And it may seem like, oh, isn't that cheesy? But look at what it did. It, look, my production company is called Hillman Grab Productions. Yeah. Like, I, yo, I was going to say at the end of the shy. Yeah. First of all, y'all have a lot of tags at the end of the exactly. show. Hopefully I get rid of some of the motherfuckers. No, that was, right. the funny, that was the funniest thing to me because after the third one, 
I was like waiting for it. Do, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> like she's so many people. She had, like, At least like, I got a card in that motherfucker. <laughs> but when I saw Hillman, I started going back. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's some, and I said, that has to be her. That yeah, has, and look, it's like some people know, some people don't. It's like whatever. If you know, you know. If but you people don't, get you don't. it. They get, but well, yeah, they know, get they know, it. Yeah. I really fuck with you usually. If they it's go like, it's oh, your show, Hillman? though. Why would you put yourself fifth? Like wouldn't your card? No, be the- that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood politics. Yeah, about this. One. It's my first show, so you get executive producers that go. Well, I want you know where the cards are placed. Mm-hmm. It was Common. my first show. Yep. Did you even know to <laughs> yeah, ask for that? The- they gave it to me after the fact. And once uh, some stuff happened in my career, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll get you a card. Uh, Lena, let me ask you, you mentioned Hillman. That's and, a whole uh, other conversation. You mentioned Hillman in a different world. I was wondering what you think about the evolution of uh, To Grown-ish, because I just really started watching that, and you know that that is a real child of different a different world. Have yeah, you I would never put the two in the same weight class. I mean, I mean honestly, to me, that's no a, shade to Grownish. Grownish is intense, especially because it's on Freeform. I haven't watched it, it yet. Is, I've I seen it. it. I, I'm addicted to it. Oh, wow. I, I kind of like I it, kinda, too. People kind of be throwing shade at it. I was I like, like it. I'm kind of into it. Yeah, some, some people I know, maybe it's those black people that's like, don't want to say something publicly, but some people be coming at me about it. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of get a good vibe from it. I mean, it's I just know. that it's interesting. I, I, I I'm intrigued. By First it. of all, it's a freeform show, yeah. which is basically like a the, channel very few people get. The 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 ABC Family right recontextualizes freeform. Yeah, but it's like I done seen they fucking I mean, sucking she, she, and she, everything else on that. She show. pops <laughs> she pops uh, uh, pills every episode. And, oh shit! And yeah, it's like they trying, trying to real issue. They trying to go. They trying to get real with it, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, but I again, it's like to me, it's like I, I just don't. I would never put him in this. Even if, if Kenya was sitting here right now, he'd be like, "Please don't put that on me." I wasn't putting it on, world. but would it be there if it wasn't for a different world? That's what I was kind of saying. Would sure. you know how to put? It I mean, to- I don't know. I just here's the deal. I'm in a different world, purist, and <laughs> I ain't alone. That, bro. You ain't alone. And I think that and I'm older than you. And I think that Gronish is not because that's not an HBCU. Is it? No. No, it's, yeah. it's a so college I kind of feel like true. I think so, even with, de- with Dear White People, people will try to like say, oh, are you guys influenced? I'm like, no. I'm like, right. because Dear White People is literally a metaphor for America because it's like the black people on that campus are a minority and it's all about how weird you feel and, and like what kind of black person you are, what kind of black people you hang out with. So I just think it's very different. I think a different world exists in its own space and time. I'm also one of the people that's anti a reboot of it or all this kind of shit. I just think it's silly. It's like a different world existed at that time. And we we don't need to reboot it. We don't need to have another version. And I've gotten to get cool with a lot of the actors from that show. Um, I'm just like, nah, son. It happened, and thank God, and leave it alone. We have to about Bad Boys. It should never been a sequel. Like Bad Boys is a classic. It wasn't supposed to work. It did by accident. Thank God. I don't, Bad Boys two and Bad Boys three. I'm not here for any of it. It is not here for any of it. What? Yeah. Three. I think they. I think they pulled it though. Okay. <laughs> Stop Thank talking you. about it. Yeah. Thank you. Do an I mean, iconic it's remake slow season. I mean, of- Shaft is getting the remake. Everybody's getting. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, Grownish to me is like a more nuanced, friendlier version of Kids. Oh, wow. whoa! I mean, it's real. I mean, yeah. Kids was shocking in '95. Yeah, but now that's just like, oh, that's that's a Tuesday. Yeah. Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams. Women owning radio stations like Kathy Hughes. Listen, the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
word. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in because that's the only way I travel— I really had never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa! Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So, Lena, yeah, what was your beginning in the world of acting? Like, how did you... How did you first start? Honestly, like or, or I, a production or well, 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 I'll talk about the acting. I had no plans on being an actor. Like it's, I literally give a lot of credit one to God because He ordered my steps, but also to these amazing casting directors that looked at me and said, uh, "Bitch, you should be in front of the camera as well." <laughs> and one of them was Allison Jones, who is a famed casting director. If you Google her, I mean, her credits are ridiculous. Everything from like she cast Freaks and Geeks, which literally oh, gave shit. us, you, you know, you know, Seth Rogen and James Frank, all these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also cast like like V and bridesmaids and all these amazing things so I heard she went to meet with me um, I didn't know why because I was like I'm not casting anything but I went and sat down with her and she asked if I had any interest in being an actor I said no she's like okay um, well let me bring you in for some stuff and so she did she brought me in for some things I booked a small part on the comeback season 2 which mm-hmm. Lisa Kudrow's show on HBO and then she didn't even call me in for Master of None like apparently Aziz and Allen just said send us interesting people and by the grace of God, she said, well, then you should meet Lena. I went to Aziza's crib, sat with him and Alan, um, uh, and had a, just, it was just myself. And I got a call then like, hey, Aziz wants you to come read with him. I saw the pages and I was my writer self. And I said, yo, can I punch this up? 
And Aziz nice. was like, sure. <laughs> and so I did. And so I was saying stuff back to him that he obviously wasn't prepared for. And he was sort of chuckling and laughing. But Aziz and I just had an instant like vibe and a chemistry because people seriously ask us if we've been friends for before the show and so. we hadn't we, we met like you know at his house and oh, wow. talking and, and and doing these scenes and then he called me and he's like come to New York for a couple months and do this show with me and I just really went off of like the fact that I was a fan of his already his humor the fact that he knows black culture in a very unique way um, and I just loved him on Parks and Rec and I literally I had just sold the shy to Showtime and I was like can y'all give me three months to go away do this thing they were like okay Sure. Um, and so I came here. You don't know what you have with Netflix. It was it was early Netflix. So we were like one of like mm -hmm. Netflix, like fourth or fifth original show. So we didn't know what it was going to be. We don't have an audience, but we just trusted that what we were doing was something interesting. It was new. It was fresh. Um, and people just really responded to it. And then for the Spielberg joint, um, Ellen Lewis, another famed casting director, saw my picture in Hollywood Reporter and was like, why haven't we seen this girl for this role? And my agents were like, because she's not auditioning for stuff. So I came in, read with them, uh, read again. Thank God Spielberg was not in either of those auditions. But after the second one, uh, he saw my tape and was like, yeah, I want her to be in the movie. And then I went to London for four months. So wait, wow. you just said something real big. Before we saw your face, you had a deal with Showtime. I, they had bought the pilot. Yeah, I'd written the pilot and they were like, yeah, we want to make this. How did, I mean, because so people... So what was the time yeah. between make, making your pilot to... Well, I wrote the... Well, here's the deal. I, we shot the first pilot and we weren't, we, didn't, we weren't super happy with how it turned out. We thought it was fine, but we were like, they were like... I, I told them, I said, I need a director that really gets my voice. I know my voice is unique. I know The Shy is not the typical formulaic show. So like, I need somebody that's not the typical formulaic director. And Rick Famuyiwa became available. And I was like, can he do, get a swing at it? They were like, sure. They're like, we, we think that'll be a great match. We got a new casting director. We got a, Jason Mitchell came in and read, and Jacob Lattimore, all these amazing Sonya Song, all these amazing people. And so they the just original up. pilot is different than what I seen on the pilot for it. I mean, it's a, the the script is the same, but the cast is different and the director is different. Ah, yo, okay. Can, okay. so it made a world can of difference. Can you please? I just want to a b them back. Can you yeah. send me a copy <laughs> of the original one? That I don't you even had? know if I have an original copy of it anymore. I got you because like that. that was two years ago. But but it was like and mind you, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was fine. But I think Showtime and that's a testament to them. They really believed in it and they were like, we think we can do better. And I was like, okay. I was like, cool. Now, was there any concern of yours that Showtime was trying their hardest to? <laughs> Not mention the W word as they gave you the shy, like, you know, oh, we need a wire. wire version of the wire, like that sort of thing. It's and funny. Like they didn't know they didn't. Well, they didn't bring that up at all. And the crazy thing is, and I don't want to be a bad black person, but I never like obsessed over the wire like that. I was more about the oh, corner. white people love the wire more than we do. <laughs> yeah, no. people, and I love, love the wire. wire I like the wire, but I was more into the corner. Steve and white people love the wire. Yeah. Okay. White people love the wire. They love insecure. Like they like all about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but I feel like. I I just never that was never my thing like mm -hmm. the corner was really dope this is a thing that Spike did a long time ago people may not remember called Sucker yeah. Free City that, that was that was really cool that really I just really liked and thought it was really interesting um so those are things, and also too, like um, House of Cards, you know, had come out. So I was really inspired by that. So those are really inspirations for me while I was working on the shy in terms of characters being interconnected and bumping into each other. Um, and and yeah, but it's so funny because I understand the comparison, I guess. But when you watch the shy, it's the completely well. I, I different. know there's there's no comparison, but just with large black on ensemble yeah. on a cable show, sure. You know, there's people the are, and and I mean, but the, I really the characters on the wire on the had a connection with each other. It's sort of like an effortless, 
watching the Magic Circle for the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a very effortless, mm-hmm. no look pass right. chemistry that they had with each other. Right. So. The shot, like, my biggest thing was I didn't want to focus on the system or the police or the cops. And I think we're going to get away from that even more in season two because I think first season was like, okay, well, what's the engine? But mm-hmm. I was like, I would say, like, I really don't care about the cops. I, like, I care about the people. Like, I, I don't want to care talk about the police. I want to talk about the people who are being policed. Like, that's just more interesting to me. So not to step on your toes, boss man, but I'm like, okay, so nobody saw your face at yet. You have this deal with Showtime. I know uh-huh. that your your background as writer's assistant and, Gene, and your relationship with Gina Pri- uh, Pri- Prince, Prince Bly- Blythewood. But yeah. can you really break down? Like, who the hell are you leaning to get these amazing deals to this writing? Like, where did you come from? Ouch, my toes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ah, I know you're my toes. I'm so sorry, but I just... You know, like, honestly, like, I, you know, graduated from Columbia College, which is in Chicago, um, moved out to LA in 2006 and just started like pounding the pavement just grinding I think it's just a Chicago hustle in me where I was just like I went out there with the intent of running the town and I was like eventually and you know and I think that was genuinely my mindset you know I wasn't like oh I'm going to win the Emmy by this year <laughs> but I was just like I want to be a phenomenal writer I really cared about the craft and I think that's a big thing I see was as I mentor a lot of young writers I think that's sort of the last thing on their list to conquer they're sort of like well where's the red carpet like when do I get the deal and da, 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 da. they don't realize there's so much politics you're talking about me being a third card on my own show mm-hmm. like these folks be thinking you get a show and like you king or queen it's like no it's like I was like the least powerful person at the table Still, you know what I'm and it's your brainchild. Now, no, now I'm in a different space. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but your up, first man. season. And here's the truth. And that's that's no shade to my network or my studio. That's any case. Like, if you go sold a show tomorrow, they don't know you. They could fire you. They own your show. Dude, I... Yeah. But how different was your life the day after the Emmy? Like, is with the Emmy, the, the... Oh, the Emmy changed. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's, so. you know, I, that's, let's be clear. Like, I, 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 it just, and also too, it's like it changed the dynamics on the shy for me. Mm-hmm. It changed, the, you know, um, you know, in terms of how I walked through the world. But even, here's the truth. Like, I was already very clear about who I was and the kind of artist I wanted to be before the Emmy. Like, I, I was, you know, I, I, I would say no to things. Certain things I would go like, uh, I don't know if I'm the right person for this or that. That just feels like a check and I don't want to just like sell myself for that. Like, And I think there's this element where I sometimes see people and they go like, but why would you not do that? That makes sense. I'm like, but it may seem cool. Don't get caught up in the announcement on deadline, mm-hmm. you know, because that's fleeting. Mm-hmm. It's like, it would be a cool thing for people to retweet. Sure. But like, what about the quality of my life? Do I want to work with that person really? Yeah, they're a big star, but do I want that person being my, my partner that I'm getting in bed with? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'd rather go with the normal motherfucker who ain't that hot than the famous person that might give me a headache. Actually, ooh, you know what? I'm going to use this moment. I'm sorry. Now I got to step on all y'all toes. <laughs> I need some advice right now. Go ahead. Ooh. Advice from Lena Witt. Um, yeah. don't, eat, don't eat in bed. Yes. We're not talking about that. Well, we can get there. I eat in bed every night. No shame. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I miss my very white cube. No, I'm sorry. So, uh, when you just just for those that don't understand the 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 process of creating a script and show running, can you run us through? So are you saying that once you complete a script uh-huh. that you're happy with, yep. you and your collaborator, or you yourself, whatever, uh-huh. once it's in the hands of the production company or the whatever, Showtime or uh-huh. whoever you're rolling with, yeah, is it 100% out of your hands? Is it up to the director to then see what he wants to or she wants to see with 
what's on the script? Well, it usually depends because like for me, and I'll try to take you through like a fictitious scenario, but like, but even for, for the shot, I wrote that by myself, like on spec, on spec means for free. Like mm-hmm. nobody paid me to write that. I just said, oh, I want to write this story. So I wrote it. Um, and then I gave it to my agents and I was like, okay, I want you guys to send this out to production companies because I do feel like having a production company, then you in like places like, like Brad Pitt has a production company called Plan B, you know, um, what's another good one? I don't know. Carrie Washington has a production company. There are certain places you can give your script to because at the time, like I wasn't really a name. So I was like, maybe I can get in bed with a producer who has a little bit more weight, who's got those connections that then they then say, okay, we put our arm around Lena. We're going to walk into all these different networks and say, we really believe this is a thing. Or then go to a studio because a studio is like a bank. A studio, they pay for everything and the network airs the show. Mm-hmm. So I got in bed with a producer, Aaron Kaplan, um, a dude who, I call him the Tony Soprano of like TV producers. He's got like eight shows on that he's an EP on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he doesn't necessarily have to be like super involved in every single show, but he's a person that has a lot of like connections and can walk in the door and say, yo, I think this is dope. So he and I, he, he's like, if I can't produce this show, it's not producible. Okay, I believe you. So then he takes me into a studio, which it which is now Fox 21, but it used to be FTVS. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he was like, yo, I think you guys should read this this girl's script. Andy Bourne, um, exec over there, he read it. He's like, I like this script so much. If we don't sell this script to a network, we're going to fold into a blind deal. That's how much we believe in Lena. And a blind deal means if it don't go, they'll pay me to just write whatever else I want to write. So that means they had a lot of confidence in my voice and who I was. And around what year is this? Oh, Jesus, I'm so bad with that. Uh, it's probably like three or four years ago, something oh, like wow. that. Okay. So then, so now I got a producer I got a, who has his production company. He's like mm-hmm. a production company. And now I have a studio. So I got a place that's saying, like, we're, we're going to pony up the money for this show, whoever decides to do it. So then they're like, who, where do you want to sell it to? Then you figure out what makes sense for the show. Like, what's a good home for the show? So I was like, I really like Showtime. They had just done this show called The Affair, which I thought was super dope and really unique and really fresh. Affair. And yeah. I was like, if they can do The Affair, they should want to do, you know, The Shy. So, um, so we went into Showtime first. That was, like, that was like my top school that I wanted to get into. So we go into Showtime, we have a wonderful meeting, and they bite immediately. They're like, yeah, we love it, we love you, let's do it. So, so, and by that time, and also some other stuff like Common was like, I want to be involved. I was like, you absolutely should be involved. We brought him on as an EP, and then we even brought in a director uh, as well. But low-key, I think depending on who you are, you don't necessarily need a whole army to walk with you into, right. a, into a network. But it's only no longer out of your hands once you sign a deal with somebody. Like, if you sign a deal with a, a studio where they're like, yeah, we want to be in business with you Quest Love with this script. We want to buy it. We want to give you a check. We're going to do all thing. Now they do own it. They now own it. You don't own it anymore. And if you if they don't like you or you do something wrong, they do have the right to fire you off the show and bring somebody else in to run it and do it. And even on my show, my first season, I had a showrunner. I didn't run that show for the first season because also you don't want to showrun your first season because being a showrunner is like the worst job on the planet. But it's also <laughs> the most powerful job on the planet. The showrunner has more power than the creator of the show. Does that make sense? Because the showrunner is the person well, who is running the room, who's talking to the network, talking to the studio. And a lot of people don't even know what a showrunner is. So funny, like, I'm not putting nobody on blast, but the showrunner of Empire, for who still is, was never Lee Daniels. He he created the show with um with Danny, right? Was, Danny yeah. Strong or Danny Strong. Mm-hmm. They, they created the show together, but neither one of them really... Show, well, Danny might say he kind of helped showrun, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, a, a white woman show ran that continues to show run the empire. I don't wow. tell a secret. No, but yeah, I just thought it was Danny Strong. Eileen right? Shaken, who created, yeah. who ran Wait, L Word. So, by the transitive axiom, because I always Cause I know feel, what that is. Because, yeah, what? <laughs> Wait, yeah, what'd you just say? The a transitive will, axiom. A equals B and B equals C. B C is A equals C. 
Okay, so, I knew that as the transitive is that, property. Is that helpful okay. what I'm saying? Or is it confusing? Well, I'm, I'm, now it's I'm trying to transitive axiom. <laughs> you're basically telling me the Tony Braxton or TLC story. Like, mm. you're on LaFace, which is a production deal under another entity, under, which is yeah. under Arista Records. So it's like... But she has more power than them, right? No, 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 I know. But yeah. she's, you said you have the option to either go with someone that can walk into the room, uh-huh. a la the Black Brad Pitt or whoever the Tony Soprano is. Of. Yeah, Iron Kaplan, right. Right. So are you saying that it's likely, it's not that likely if you yourself just walked it to the head of Showtime? It's, it's not. Well, no, you actually... You need heat. You need people. Hey, but you see, I, I don't know if I agree with that anymore. Really? Sorry. Because well, you're youth now, though. No, <laughs> but the truth is, they wanted my script. They wouldn't have cared if I came from 10 buck fucking two. So what they I'm saying, buy the, that script. the position that you're in and right the, now, the, yeah. would you walk someone direct to... I already have. I already have. Like, there's a Direct to the front shirt. of the line, or is it like, come through me, and then I'll put you through my boy, and then my boy, and then my... No, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer going straight to the source. Like, there's a girl who writes on The Shy who's super dope. Her name is Kathy Kasake. She wrote a phenomenal pilot. She also wrote another pilot. But I'm an EP on that pilot, and we just had a meeting at Showtime, and like, and we went around, all the kind of stuff like that. And I was like, we're going straight to the source. Now, mind you, I have a very different relationship with Showtime now, and so when I walk somebody in, they're like, oh, great. But I also believe that at the end of the day, everybody, a, a dope script is like a freaking lottery ticket. Right. It's so rare. you don't need, you know, a t- team of people with you if you got a lottery ticket to go cash your shit in if you got that lottery ticket that's all that matters and what's happening now is like content is king and queen so they don't care where you from look at diablo cody like she look at her story look at you know what i'm saying look at even though jordan peele had been around for a long time doing mm-hmm. that but like that script was something people were like okay this is a game changer right. and that's why you never heard of blumhouse you know what i'm saying but they were like we want to do this thing and now everybody named mama want to get in business but ultimately it's like if you got a dope script those execs want to make the thing now what they want to do is surround you with people who know what the fuck they're doing you don't want some kid you give them a keys to a porsche and say okay go drive, drive it. Yeah. so it's like so what happens is usually you sit in the passenger side while somebody who knows how to drive drives the car for you and you tell them where to turn and where to go and keep straight this and that but it is very complicated it's a thing that nobody knows because if you if like you know it's like even like with tv works like no one person can write every single episode of of, of a show it just you you hear people like aaron aaron sorkin and like matthew weiner but people like even shit. shonda and myself and Ava, like we need help there's to do these room. shows yeah. there's a writer's room there's people we have to lean on and trust and um and you know a lot of us have showrunners you know that are running the show for us and we give the creative input but if you don't get along with your showrunner shit gets real sticky so from the time you created the pilot to it actually making it on air, that was what three, four years? About maybe two, okay. two years actually. Yeah, because we took one year we shot the original, we took another year to do that one, and they put it out. But how many great scripts now, get overshadowed because there's not a great team around it? I feel like that happens all the time. But see, yeah, and that is true. And I think that's what the blacklist site is becoming really helpful. My dude Franklin Leonard started that. Where like anybody, you ain't gotta have a manager, you ain't gonna have nothing. If you put a, a, a script up there, you pay to get an evaluation. If you get like an eight or above, that means you got a really good script. And what happens is people like me can download them, send them around. I saw I went on my Twitter and said, "Look, I got. I now have a, a development fund. I'm looking to find writers. I don't care where you are. If you got a manager, you got an agent. If you're young, black, old, white, gay, queer, whatever. If you got a dope script that's interesting that makes sense for my production company to help get developed and get out there in the world i want to see it when you talk about how to cut through all the clutter that's what the blacklist site does and a lot of black folks sometimes be like well i don't want to put my shit into the internet i'm like look what else what's your alternative (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like pay to get an evaluation like 75 bucks for a feature like something that's less than that for a pilot you put it up there you get professional
professional fucking feedback. Because that's a lot of people out here writing in their offices and thinking they got Shakespeare. And then somebody's <laughs> like, no, nah, this is the have and have nots. No shade, no tea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like nobody's getting feedback. What's the it website, Lena? Say it again. Just the blacklist people. site. But actually, it's, it's, the site, it's without vowels. So B-L-C-K-L-S-T. Dot com blcklst.com but if you google franklin leonard blacklist site it'll pop up mm-hmm. and you don't have to do all you got to do if you got like 75 bucks you got a feature you want to just upload pay to get a fucking evaluation and if you get a 5 you know what that means maybe you can do some writing classes yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that if you get an 8 that means you got a pretty solid script on your hands and then you should either hit me up or you can hit any, almost anybody up and say hey i got a I got an overall 8 score on the blacklist site and motherfuckers in the business will know what that means they're going to go oh so that means you got a pretty decent script can you send it and also here's a great thing it cuts the work out for me because I because you can send me that evaluation it'll tell me how many pages it is what the log line is what the title is it'll tell me uh what the strengths are in the script what the weaknesses are and what its potential is see but what unlike, the, i'm sorry what's the pro, how long does that process take for him to evaluate sometimes it takes about like you know a few days sometimes a week wow okay niggas so, don't know about this shit un, unlike unlike someone playing me a demo and mm-hmm. i'm right. telling you there's maybe eight right. times in my life I've listened to a demo. His was one of them. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Like Jill Scott, Slum Village, him, oh, wow. Blau. I'm I'm oh, almost damn. You, you have a good, good, oh, good, good track record. Yeah. Like I my my there's I, Yeah, I I don't have how, the patience to sit yeah. through But how did you my question is but how did you how did how how did you end up listening to like a Jill Scott's demo? Very specific circumstances. Okay. Okay. Long time ago, Jill, I was really in love with you and I thought it was smashing down. She knows. She knows. Let's get on the phone. People seen that video, they she knows. She don't know. Oh, she might be she back on the market now, now too. Now. I she think back she's on back on the market. You're yeah. you yeah. not. You're not. You're not. You're not. I have a woman now. No, that's no, right. No. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for helping. Thanks. Sorry. 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 I won't eat in bed no more. I promise. Got you. <laughs> you better eat no, in bed. No, but uh, no. It was very specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like what was it? Like a thunderstorm uh, when we were at the little brother show at yeah. Duke. Yeah. So yeah. a thunderstorm uh, canceled our show, okay. and I felt bad for all the Duke fans that had to stand this monsoon to oh, wait for damn. the roots to come on so i was like all right let me just go in the front row and shake everyone's hands and you put it in my hand yeah i gave it to you i gave you the uh our, the little brother like our first little joints we had like four or five joints yeah he put it in my hand and i don't know what made me just wow and i never it's always cds are always like coasters to me right and i was like let me listen to this and i heard a sample i recognized child i was like oh shit wow. and then I, I i realized that oh these guys are awesome so, wow. Yeah, it was very rare circumstances to which... Um, and Bilal was like a human saxophone or something when you heard his, uh, <laughs> when you heard his demo. Uh, Bilal was just crazy. And still is. Yeah, yeah he's still, but he's Not still much dope, dope, though. Crazy talented, But, but yes, that's the is. thing. It's like, you know, like but for my question scripts was, takes even more energy Yeah, I was going to say, shit. for me to listen to a five-minute song is hard that's as hell. Right. easier for you. You like, need silence. Oh, and, that's and, time. Like, So do, do you have a regiment that you do? Like, do you spend... Two hours every morning in silence, looking at scripts. Mm, uh, it depends. Like, I mean, honestly, I what I try to do is make it so that if I'm reading a script, it better be damn good. So I have. How do you know if it's bullshit by page what? 
Oh, I can tell from the first. Like, what are your? What's your opening line? I mean, it's right there. It, the voice is, is either there or it's not. It's it's like the it's like a, it's it's almost like singing or a competition like that. It's like either you can hear it from the first note. I, to me, action lines are really important because and so is dialogue. But action lines are the things that you guys don't know or see. Like you know, that's you hear the dialogue, but the action lines are like describing the space, talk, describing the characters. That's where my personality comes out. You know about how I describe someone. Um, like I'll describe a character like she has the kind of beauty that sneaks up on you and she has mommy issues that she still hasn't dealt with this is so and so and she's 35 years old or whatever that's how I'll describe a character which speaks to how my personality and who I am so you want them to know how smart and witty you are based on how you describe characters yeah like that's that's me giving you my shit you know because when I start when when the characters start talking that's them like I can't, you know, I have to step into their shoes. But in, the, in between that, I get to kind of have a, my own little relationship with the reader and, the, and not the audience because the audience isn't going to hear that. But the director looks at that as a way to go, OK, God, this helps me cast. Yeah. This helps me determine what she's going to wear and the way they describe the room. Or if I'm like, it's, it's like, like I describe like a hotel room, like this is the place where, um, you know, uh, sex is exchanged for money in this in this hotel room. So they didn't know. know is, yeah. They didn't yeah. know how to. So that's also my way to communicate with my you know, production designer, my wardrobe department, all that kind of stuff as well. That's an awesome lesson. So mm-hmm. tell me about your pounding the pavement days. Cause I don't want to, mm. I don't, I don't want to think that your life was 100% green lights. No. Yes, Lena, come in and no. sit down and have a seat at the table. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, so the pounding, the, the day that you decided to go to LA to pursue your dream, yeah. I assume, in 2006. Or wait, yeah, weren't you writing, weren't you with girlfriends by 2000 though? No, uh-uh. I was a girlfriend the last season, like 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to say. Like, so that was like 16 years. years old working on girlfriend? Yeah, no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Like, because I, I graduated from college in 2006. So I literally, like, moved out there. And it's funny because my first internship really kind of was from, was with um, Edmonds Entertainment, when it used to be called Edmonds Entertainment, okay. which was Babyface and Tracy when they were, um, were they still together? Maybe they weren't together anymore. I think oh, they might have been. Please say have plenty. Ah, no, she's oh, too young for No, uh, I wasn't there yet, but I knew about damn. that movie. Okay, okay. Knew about that movie. Love I love it. Uh, That's my life story. I love, I love oh, Half Plenty. Man, Half Plenty is dope. Who and hooked so you up with the internship? You know what? Actually, I just found, because Columbia College has this great uh, message board where you can see about internships, so I saw it on there. And then, like, this white guy, I think his name was Lucas. He was working for them. He called me in. <laughs> I didn't need much. You know, he was like, he's like, okay, you on time. Your resume is cool. And I interned for them. And, you know, I was around Tracy and, you know, those guys. And they would like do, they would like, they had like a studio and people would come in and do music. I remember Tyrese used to come up in there. Uh, uh, and they had like very expensive cars. I remember uh, Eddie Murphy might have been kind of sort of dating Tracy at the time, I think. Yeah. So I saw him a few times. But like they were doing like reality show stuff. They were like, I was like a PA on some of their stuff they were doing. But it was just a cool place because I was like, oh, these are motherfuckers that did soul food. Like this is lit. Yeah. And so I was up in there and then I um, started working on reality TV where I was like a person transcribing like videos for the real world and shit. Like it was, that's how you make money when you live in LA. You got to work in reality. And then I started, because then that was from like 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. every night and because uh, I wanted my days free so I could intern so I interned at a literary agency that ultimately ended up repping me later but mm-hmm. I was there from 9 to 5 in Beverly Hills and drove an hour to the valley from 6 to 3 a.m. for like two months like I was about to that. ask you where your first apartment was yeah in deep the- in the valley okay yeah so, so I was your day job was 9 to 5 but that wasn't even a day job that was an internship so I wasn't getting paid. Eight free hours. <laughs> but and they, then first from it was six started, to three. It started off as three days a week. And then they were like, well, we're going to bring somebody else in. I was like, no, nah, I'll do it. 
Yes. Because I was like, if the opportunity comes up, I want that opportunity. So they're like, okay, so you really want to work here five days a week and then go to work at night every night? I was like, yeah, I'll sleep on the weekends. How how long was this process before you felt there was a light at the end of the tunnel? Man, I just kept thinking that. I, but that, I did that for about two and a half months. And I kept thinking, like, I'm going to get something out of this. Like, me doing this, something's got to come out of it. And then sure enough, one of their clients, they were like, one of our clients needs a new assistant. And they happened to be running girlfriends. And so I was like, I want to I interview for that job. So I went in. And like literally to sit in a room like this with my competition. And I was like, ain't don't none of y'all know this show better than me. I know that. And I walked in there, got the job, and it really was the start of my life, you know, in that industry. And I got to meet Mara, Tracy Ellis Ross, like Kenya was working on the game at the time. Like everybody I'm cool with now, like I met at Girlfriends. Um, and uh and all of them have like Prentice Penny, who was like a, a, he might have yeah, still been was, like a staff writer. He okay. now runs uh Insecure. He's insecure yeah. Uh Karen Jis, who was writing on Girlfriends at the time, now runs Star. Uh, uh, Regina Hicks was currently writing on Insecure. Um, like, obviously, Kenya Barris went on to create Blackish and Grownish and all this kind of stuff. So, like, all those people, and then, like, you know, you got my black ass who's over here trying to do something too. But they literally, like, Kenya texted me last night. Kenya was like, Bitch, you on fucking Kimmel? What the fuck? Like, he's like, they. I think for them, it's trippy because they remember me being, like, the showrunner's on the assistant. Come up, yeah. right. Can you like, tell me, girlfriends. What was your biggest, like, moral lesson? I find her so fascinating. Oh, Mara's dope. Dope. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the thing I learned, and I, she's not a person that's like, like say this directly directly to me but what I took from it was like she was a real I think a politician in that like she's like JFK you know what I mean like very she's she knows that in order to get you to pay attention she's got to bring a, a look a brand a vibe and I think that's what people don't really know about Mara's brilliance in terms of her brand is that she doesn't she when she walks in you're already like sold right because she's gorgeous like, whatever the it is, is right the, you yeah. telling me like I'm gonna buy it. I believe it <laughs> and, and I think that's and that's a big thing I really picked up from her is that it's not just about having you know talent and scripts but it's about what's your brand like what's your personality like who are you and even like her her and her husband the kid like that's a part of her brand like being a mom being a wife and having you know you know, doing love is or, or you know, or um, you know, being Mary Jane, like all these things are pulled from her life and her like girlfriends is pulled from pages of her diary. And I think I really picked up on that. I was like, oh, well, I should just talk about who I am and, and be myself. And people will always remember that. Like that's why I was just telling some of my advice the other day. I'm like, these fucking general meetings that people have that they go on, I'm like, what's the fucking point? It's like if you can't when you walk out of that room, they gotta rem- you gotta haunt them once you leave the room. They gotta be like, I can't get this writer out of my head because the story they share with me, whatever. It's like go in there and treat it like a fucking therapy session. Don't be crazy, but like tell them, <laughs> tell them like what's going on. Like if you went through a breakup, like say that. Like you know, if you went through a thing, say that because you never know what they went through. They they, they, they may be like I went that through a breakup too. Yeah. Like what? And then next thing you know, you having a real connection with an exec that may not even like your script that much. But when you walk out the door, they like I feel like that person just really gave me a real moment. And that's what I used to always do when I was general. I'm like, I'm gonna walk when I walk out of here, they're gonna feel like they had a real conversation with me. And for the most part, they would, because I would give them some real shit. What what uh what will prevent not prevent you, but now that the heat is on mm-hmm. or now that it's on and popping. Right. Um Whitney Cummings once told me like at mm. one point it was so exhausting for her. Yeah. Uh fine-tuning every detail of her show. Yeah. And two broke girls. Right. And at the time, she was trying to develop, like, two other shows. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, and people ask me, all that, like, when do you sleep and all that? Right. But it's like, I mean, with me, it's like I kind of have a team for each project I do. Mm-hmm. So I could just come check out the shoulders, check out the shoulders, you know. Right. But 
are you totally immersed in all the projects that you're developing as in you have to micromanage every fine detail of all these projects or you I know at one point will you become dr dre and just <laughs> no shade Hell no yeah. well i saw um the divine ones you know i saw him in that yeah. studio uh which is brilliant his wife was like won't you be home like uh, i don't know okay cool babe uh, um that studio was crazy but um i think i don't i don't i don't micromanage every project if i did i would never sleep and i wouldn't have a, a healthy relationship there are certain projects like 20s with that pilot like i gotta micromanage that because i'm still trying to get a series order there are people out there like oh you got another show i'm like no not yet yeah, i got a pilot yeah. order me and Ju justin Simeon is <laughs> gonna come and direct that pilot yes yeah, so we're very excited to be working together again we're gonna we're gonna try to give them a phenomenal pilot so we didn't get a series order and then it's about uh i'm gonna try to bring susan fails hill in a co-showrun that with me she she was the showrunner of a different world and she's mm -hmm. phenomenal uh but i want to bring her in to help me run that and have you know maybe have her teach me some things where i'm gonna go like hey i want to do this and, and learn from her deshaun i have a phenomenal new showrunner her name is ayana floyd davis she's a black woman she's jamaican she's like the auntie i always you know never knew I needed uh, but she's she's a showrunner so it's like I'm there to help and guide but she's showrunning I got a project with Kim that um, Kim Whitley who played my aunt on Thanksgiving she I wrote something for her Lucy based on her life um, so we have it set up somewhere We're still trying to get that series order I still have some writing to do on that one but um, but yeah I want to find a showrunner that really gets her voice and gets what I'm going for so again I think you're right it's about having teams of people that you trust and you love and you fuck with and are really talented because I and there's things I'm producing. That's why I really like producing because then I ain't got to like I come in and advise and give mm -hmm. thoughts and this and that and then go, you could take it or leave it, but I think you should take it. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but I think that's really how I think you build and build a brand. And and, and it's tough because you just truly, you look at Whitney Cummings and I remember that that time where she was popping. Like everybody mm -hmm. was like, she had all these pilots and this and that. And I think she's still really talented and I think she's still doing really dope things. But I think for me, it's about also managing that. At some point, I'm going to step back. I'm going to go away for a bit. Got where to. I'm not everywhere you know what I'm saying but you see my work you see my shows you know what I'm saying you see the shy you see 20s um, you know you see you know I know I'm gonna pop up in season 2 of Dear White People but it's like little things like that that make sense or it's like you know, we got the Spielberg movie coming out in this month I'm in that obviously I'm out promoting that and things like that but once that movie comes out like I'm gonna step back a bit and go back into the lab and do some work and I think that's really the trick I think is knowing when to, to pull no. back and when to come out what I love you, Kevin Hart but Kevin Hart's kind of everywhere what did you what did you say no to that you know not that you'll hmm. regret but no. like something that was like ah this is the dream but ah, i can't do it right Ooh, now the black painter. I, uh, there's, I mean the spirit of the black painter no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not be stripped I, I won't say exactly what it is because i'm cool with the person ended up writing it but i did get offered to write a movie um mm. that ended up doing really well and and i was just like hmm? uh uh you can't say the movie no i'm not gonna say it no 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 no, no. well you said no yeah, but but I don't want the person that ended up writing it to right, feel like oh, they were second best. I, mean, I said no, so yeah. you go ahead. Oh. But here's what I'll say. But, but <laughs> Hollywood's still petty. That's what you're telling me. I, well, no, I no, mean, I, in terms I, of politics, it's I like, get it. But because uh, she's my friend, but I feel like to me, I was like, that's not my brand, or like that doesn't speak to my brand. That's me writing for someone else's brand, mm -hmm. and. I don't know how that furthers what I'm trying to do. So I think that's, I think sometimes when you grab these things, well, isn't that cool? I'm like, yeah, but who is that really helping? Because even if you look at like Black Panther, yeah, Marvel's a huge brand. Marvel may be bigger than Ryan Coogler, but Ryan Coogler made Marvel 
not his bitch, but like they made yeah. he made it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my thing with this movie so much so that it'll always be associated with me mm-hmm. and his brand. You know, more so. People don't even think of it as a Marvel movie. They're like, oh, yeah, that Brian Coogler joint. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think if you can do that, cool. But that particular thing, especially where I was in my career, I would have just been a higher hand. I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. I want to make stuff that, like, really feels like me. Lena, is it safe to say that nobody has tried to, like, dumb down or water down your brand, whether we talking about your outside mm. or your inside? Because it seems like you have a freedom. You, you feel a freedom and you are allowed this freedom that somebody maybe 10 years ago mm. may not have... Or even now, that's my big beef. I still think more. I know a lot of gay black celebrities that are not gay publicly. Yo, your essence speech when you was calling niggas out, like, listen, did you get (laughs) some back? Uh, No, I look. It was nothing but love. I got a lot of love from people and a lot of folks that I know uh, who are gay but aren't out yet. By the way, I wasn't like trying to like throw shade, but a couple people text me and said, "Yo, I'm not hiding, sis. You know, I'm just out here." And I was like, "No," but I was like, "No," I was like, "I don't think that you are both of us." Yeah, you know, it's like it's like. I'm not, I don't, I wasn't trying to call nobody. What I, all I was saying is we, I believe for particularly for gay black motherfuckers, it's our responsibility to be a light at the end of the tunnel because it's like, if you look at how many black people there are in Hollywood and there's a nice number of us and think about how many out gay black people there are in Hollywood. It's about what me, Wanda, you Frank, Wanda. Uh, and it, and you, Titus, Lee, and you talk you know about women saying? probably more than men because black men got a whole different set. Of- but also too, here's, and here's my other thing too, and even in music, you know what I'm saying. A lot of times I'd be thinking about like some of these R&B singers who mm. I know them. Luther is straight. Them. Luther is straight. Right. Luther straight. Well, Luther, but I'm talking about Luther, some cast. I, but here's the here's the interesting. You don't know sarcasm when you hear it. I miss that. And thank you for saying that, Laia. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the deal. There's some like there's some R and B like black men singers who are uh faking the funk, shall we say, singing to women when they know they don't want to be. And here's the deal, and I see them. I look at them on IG, I see the acapella Tuesday, and I'm just sort of like, but it's so interesting to me thing? because you look at like, yeah. yeah, a lot of cats like saying like, I'm really saying I do this. Like they're, they're trying to be like, they're I'm not doing no auto tunes and, and shit. Yeah. You block them. You and they're them. dope. And they're do- No, I follow these cats. I love singers. I think it's great. But some of them, I'm like, dog, really? Come on. Come on, brother. You're not and a lot no of them, one. they're like, I, I, st- I don't know why I'm not on yet. I don't know why I'm not on yet. And I'm just saying like, if you fucking came out and told your truth, maybe motherfuckers will talk about you. Now I don't know shit like, oh, let me be gay for pay. But it's like, to me what Frank did here's the other thing too about Frank Ocean he's just dope okay I really fuck with his music really like Blonde I thought it was really dope I think that because he's living his truth it it, it bleeds into the art it bleeds into what he's doing. He can't not be just like oh, this authentic motherfucker, even though like, he's like this, you know, he's a weird guy. He, he goes away for too long sometimes. But there's something about it that just speaks to everybody. Like, yeah, but see, just, that's like, specialized. Can an arm, can they, are we ready for an arm, gay R&B singer that just wants to sing and I'm gay and I'm not singing about a man? I'm just, are we ready? Uh, you think they ready? Yeah. Uh, for, wasn't Forrest well, Gump like a big hit? No, what, it is. But right, Frank you remember Ocean what we is- talked about before we started the show? What? I just think with, and this deals with the Thanksgiving episode. I think that just conservative black Christianity yep. is such a heavy burden mm-hmm. on everyone. Mm-hmm. It's always like, you're gospel. always, the, every step you make is like, what will my mama think? Look at gospel. Right. Why, I mean, come and out, come out, out wherever you are. But once I stopped caring about what my mama thought, 
that's when I really, even though like it took me, I just had to come out to her and I went through that whole situation and we went through our thing and we finally have like found a, a comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. But I realized in order to come out, you kind of can't give a fuck what anybody thinks because you got to prepare yourself because your mama may be like, okay, well you do that and I'll be, I'll be in heaven when you not, you know, right. but it's like, but, but, <laughs> but right. you oh, have to, you have to come to a place where you don't care you got to be like this is my truth this is who i am how you react to it is how you react and to I'm it, walk in it regardless. Gotta, yes yeah. i gotta say it so how did you convince or how did the idea of the thanksgiving episode well it really it, it was born out of me because uh, i didn't have any plans on telling that story because i just also didn't think it was that fascinating is that I don't a know real why. verbatim that's your real verbatim oh, story it's like a full like i mean thinly veiled version wow <laughs> even yeah. even down to the brown sugar video yo like, I didn't even know what the episode was about, but for, for the oh fact that y'all God. watching that shit. Well, because the season, and I could, was like, "What's Master of None, man?" Oh, like, so you got educated that's on black typical, people. That's a typical, typical nigga question. But, but no, but like, um, well, I was in London filming, so uh, Aziz gratefully came to me so we could write the episode. I had to write it in three days because I had like three days off from filming, and Aziz was like, "We'll get this done." So, but and what we did was, and I don't know why, but we just started like because we were trying to obviously go back into like the '90s and us coming up, so we was like watching music videos and. Um, um, and one of them was like New Edition, Can You Stand in the Rain? We watched D'Angelo, all that kind of stuff. And that's really kind of how that bled into it. Because we were like, what he was like, what did you do all the time? And that's a real thing. When I was young, BET used to really be about fucking music videos. Like we mm-hmm. would watch the countdown every Friday night, and us and that. So I learned a lot about like just culture and swag and this through just music videos. So we really, Aziz and I both know we wanted to incorporate one. And that one just for both of us, it really sang to us. But it came out because like Alan just asked me, he's like, how did you come out? Because I was just talking about dating and this and that he asked me and I started telling them the story and they were like bitch that's the episode like that's interesting <laughs> and I was like is it okay and then they were like we want you to help write it and I was like I said no I was like dude I got too much on my plate I'm about to do the Spielberg movie I gotta put all my energy into that I'm so shy I hadn't been officially greenlit the series yet I was still we had a mini room and I was just like yo Aziz I cannot spread myself like any thinner than I'm already spread right now and he was like well if you don't help me write it then I would feel weird writing about myself and so I was like alright man I was like cool I was like well what is it gonna be? He's like, I don't know. He's like, we'll just we'll outline it, we'll talk about it, we'll email back and forth. And he was a man of the rest. So we did. We just like email back and forth. His brother, Anise, actually came up with the idea of like centering it around Thanksgiving because I told him, I was like, I can't just do some straight line like 30 minutes. I'm like, I gotta go through the stages. But then Aziz really liked that. He's like, I like the idea of you showing you as a kid and growing up and this and that. So it just sort of really happened after our conversation we had while we were here in New York. And then I went off to London and we just like emailing back and forth and just kind of came together. Crazy. Listen. And then when Angela Bassett and how, agreed yeah, to come how did you on, get An- how did y'all fucking get Molina's Angela- ass, wow. Molina and Aziz, because yeah. they were like, let's get Angela Bassett. I was like, both of y'all are fucking crazy. Did she I'm know like, what the show was? I don't and- think she knew what it was. I think I was like, they reached out to her manager and he knew, her manager knew what the show was. And I think her manager was like, Yo, this is like a hot show. Yeah, like you should kind right. of do it. And it, it worked out with her schedule. Like she, like, I think she had like a little bit of a break and, and they came back like real fast. But I swear, cause Melina always shoots for the, Melina Masukas, the amazing Melina Masukas who, mm-hmm. who uh, directed the, the episode. But she, Melina always shoots for the, the stars. Cause she's just like, why not? Who gives a fuck? Come on. Cause she be kicking it with fucking Solange and Beyonce all the time. Right. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I, Melina, I was like, Angela don't know what the show is. She don't know who we are. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. But Melina was like, just let me, just, you know, just let me ask. And I was like, all right. But then they came back like 
like they were like it's looking good like Angela's ready and this and that and, but then once Angela came on board and then when she went, then Aziz called me he's like and he, we always call her Catherine Jackson because we're obsessed with Jackson 5 America right, yeah, right. She was, <laughs> um, he's like Catherine's yeah. it like, but like seriously yeah. if people knew like me and Aziz sent each other gifts of the Jackson 5 American Dream all the time so random I'm wearing a jacket I watch it and I don't even know nothing no, about this <laughs> we're obsessed with it me and Justin you, Simeon, we're obsessed I don't want you go to bed what are you gonna do? Beat him? Give me some. Go to bed, you. Joe. Give me some. I want some, some peaking. I want peaking. That was I want peaking. Y'all, why is peaking? Why do you know? I've watched that movie so many times. It ain't been on in VH1 in like ten years. Man, like, that and the they, Temptations they, movie. I know. No, like, he's like, he's on, like if you cut if you cut Jermaine out of this group, it'll kill him. Yo, other random casting question: Erica Mena. Erica Mena. Let's talk about. I love very charming girl. By the way, super charming. That was awesome. Did she realize she was? Was she in on the joke? Or? I think she was. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. We knew, whoever it was, we were like, we have to have the, and also it's Lucy based on a real girl I dated. Don't fucking judge me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but, um, IG, and so we, we, we put that in and, and Melina was like, oh, I think we should get Erica Mena. And I'm not great about the love and hip hop stuff. I don't really watch those shows. So I was like, what? Ooh, what, what? And then, um, and, but Melina was like, no, but I think like Melina had auditioned her and she told me, she's like, Melina, I think she'll be great. Cause Melina was like, I think she said, we need somebody fun who can play. And look, you're coming into, to, it, it's nerve wracking. I mean, it's a Netflix show. Like you got Aziz's ass, you got Angela Bassett. There's a lot going on, so we needed somebody that could really handle it. And Erica was so happy to be there. And I was remember her being like, "All the haters gonna be like, I'm here. We yep. at the Netflix. Lena, we here. And I'm going like, what, who are the haters? What's going on? <laughs> so I'm like, so Melina's like, Lena, you don't know nothing about. What's I was like, what's up? Like, well, she's pretty girl, nice sweet girl. Yeah. But Erica was like so happy. Like she's like, and she was all cuddled up. She's like, Lena, what are you doing? I was like, oh no, I got somebody. I got a girl. But she's very sweet. I was girl. happy for her. Seeing her on there. No, I was she like, did great. Damn. She was great. And then I kinda after the fact, I'm like, oh, she's like this girl, like on the show. Like people like follow her. They know her. I think she dated Bow Wow for a second. I was like, I need to like do my research. I you know what's when it came on and watching all of y'all at the Thanksgiving table, all I could think about was I wonder if these people know what this is right now that we're the fact that mm. the, and again, I, I was wondering, does Angela know like how masterful Masters of None is? And does mm. does she does does Erica, Erica know like or do you like I I just felt that all of these great characters were at this table mm. and only Aziz knew what he was cooking up, like bringing these people together that I knew because it was really me and Melina that really brought everybody together. You know, Aziz was kind of almost like you know he was sort of letting us like do our thing like he would leave the set for time like you know he would go oh. be in editing and uh alan would go and i had to convince him to get let kim whitley be that my aunt because they're like well she's not new york based and we got to pay i was like i don't give a fuck i'm like she's a black female comedian single mom she can figure out how to get to new york sure enough i called kim i'm like can you get here she was like yeah she was like i'll figure something out cut to her as books a judging gig on top chef kids so they flew <laughs> her out and you know she did the show like but me and melina like we did that <laughs> aziz that. aziz like stood back and kind of let us do our thing you know and but that is that episode to me every woman and that it's only he's the only man on the whole episode yeah. a lot of people don't pick up on that right away but it's like he's the only guy his his character little boys or whatever mm -hmm. but it's like it's women of color 
and does, all women of color. Does he and under- that's what happens when you allow us to do our thing that's and get the true. fuck out the way. And does he understand, too, that because for that episode, like that episode is my way of introducing older black people to Masters of None, mm. right? Like I, my mother, I was like, mommy, you're going to love Masters of None. Let me just show you this one episode. Ah, yes. And then, and she fell hard. And I've probably watched it about six or seven times since, just like exposing people wow. to Thank the show. Wow, I appreciate that. Oh my, are you fucking kidding? I cried when, oh my God, the scene when <laughs> Lisa come back. Lisa, right? That's the final oh, girlfriend. Oh, well, no, no. Uh, no, that's, that's Michelle. Erica, uh, yeah, Michelle. Michelle, the yeah. final girlfriend, when they had that moment in the kitchen yeah. and like Angela talks to her and yeah. she's, and they just, and then y'all are all wearing these nice like pastel colors. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? It was that's just. costume department holding us down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and I never, I never, I thought like, oh, isn't this cool? We got a really nice black episode of Master or Nothing. Right. <laughs> Wait, then, guys, can we stop for one second? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Look. <laughs> So that's perfect. Continue. Continue. That's perfect. Because I really didn't think like it would take on that kind of life. And that's another thing too. When you do a Netflix show, you don't you don't have to wait like until it comes out and people to tweet about it. But people immediately. But Aziz always knew because Aziz was like leaning. People were watching this episode and they fucking love it. He would text me all the time because they would do like little screenings and stuff. And he was like, people fuck with Thanksgiving episode. And then when the Emmy happened, we just it was like icing on the cake because we had so much fun doing it. And now Melina, I wrote a feature that she's gonna direct. Like Melina's like my sister for the rest of my life. Angela is like such a, a close like she's like family to me now and now Kim I'm doing this show so it's like really spawned these different things that you know from that one episode of television okay am I allowed to ask what will there be a season three <laughs> you're allowed to ask I don't know the answer you know okay, um, that's cool. you know, I don't know I, and it, it's you know look I mean it, it's tough you know with everything that's going on in the world and look I'm a I'm a big part of you know time's up and you know I'm uh very much, you know, uh, an advocate of the Me Too campaign. I think people should be piping up. I know Aziz, you know, he, he was touched by it. And uh, it was not easy for for me during that time because it's like I can't just be, oh, rah, rah, I'm a part of this movement, fuck everything else. Like, this mm-hmm. is someone who I've known for a long blood. time. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, he, he, he really saw something in me at a time where I didn't even think like I would have this kind of career. He, exp- he really introduced people to me in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, and, and he's just like my, he's my friend, you know, I can't just turn my back. I'm not that bitch. And so I really kind of got a real front row seat to what this means. And so for me, it was about people like, well, whose side are you on? I'm like, but well, that's the thing. There aren't any sides. I feel like in this particular situation, Harvey Weinstein, there's a side. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, there's a side. Yeah, his I think with his story is not way more great. You know, yeah, and look, I, you know, I, I a, a long conversation with him. I, I read everything and I'm just like, I think there's a lot of shades of gray here. I think uh, a lot of people have been in those scenarios, whether you've been the guy or the girl. And I think what I got from it um, was more about us just having to re-educate ourselves about what consent looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like. Um, and I think that just means it's not going to be fun for everybody. But mm-hmm. I think that's something we just kind of have to do. We have to really make sure, and also just make sure we're being in tune with the person that we're kicking it with and making sure we're paying attention. Even if they say they're cool, maybe ask again. I'm about to say, Lena, you better watch out too. I ain't gotta watch out for shit. I'm engaged. Look. But it was life before her, though. I'm just saying, like, mm, no, I'm good. I mean, okay. like, you know, like, hey, but no. But also, too, but I'm just, I'm a different kind of chick. I'm very, I'm hyper aware, you know what I'm saying? Of like, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a woman, but I just, I think in terms of, 
you know, that's just how I get down. But I think if you're a comedian who's maybe not always great about paying super mm. close attention, you know, I don't know if that's, but it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. So it's just really, shit got really complicated. And that was the one story I, I saw that people were like, I don't really know where I fall right. in this Me too. one. Um, so, you know, but I, I'm happy that it's opening up a dialogue. I'm happy that people are talking because that's, I think, the issue that motherfuckers don't talk to each other. Well, deal breaker for me is if she kicks you out of bed because you can't eat cookies in bed. <laughs> is it? Oh, man. Is it? Hey, man. My that, fiance don't allow. She's like, she don't even like me eating on a couch. She's like, ooh, no, that's what the kitchen counter okay. is for. And that's what we take the shoes off when you come in the house. Okay, to our no listeners. No outside clothes on the <laughs> To our listeners out there, we kind of had a pre-conversation. Oh, yeah, I like Here we go. That. Let's I get like it. That. To yeah. our listeners out there, we had a pre-conversation before the tape started rolling. Yes, we did. Which I sort of complained bitterly. <laughs> that Sort of? Yeah, that okay. my my new and last current whatever. You better say last. I love it. Oh, come on. No, I put a ring on it. I put a ring on it. Best thing I ever woman. did. Best thing I ever did. It's um, a race. Yeah. But she <laughs> won't let me eat in my bed, which is a great thing. That's already a problem. You calling it your bed, Fonte? You calling it your bed, yo man? Yo, yo, man. yo, yo wait. Everybody listen like to Lena right now. Calling it your bed. Wait, wait, wait. Everybody listen to Everybody listen to Lena right now. What'd you just say, Lena? Not. Your bed. It's, it's, it's our your, bed. Our it's y'all's bed. I get it. But it's y'all's bed. get there bed. yet. Hold on. You need to she explain yourself more. Too. You need to explain the whole, I've been on tour my whole life and I'm used to my bed. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. God. I'm saying for me, Thank like, you, Lane. I'm a hotel guy. I've I've been on That's tour fair. for the last 20 years of my life. Hotel beds I eat So in. kind of, yeah, For even before this bed I got, all my beds were from the W Hotel. Like, <laughs> I love hotel life. Yeah, and but that's I the those special tables you to clean up. And at a hotel, they coming in right yeah, after. But I'm you. not messy, man. Just and it's like watching just tennis. Like, yeah, <laughs> you gonna get some some crumbs. Trust yeah, it's me, be I do it too. Because yeah. I'll smoke, put on, you know, all about Eve, and want to be watching in the bed. And but my lady is the only I can only do that when she's out of town. Did I just hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all about Eve. And I thought I yes, could love did. you more, Lena. I'm sorry. I just that was all mad. about Eve. All get about deep Eve. into it. Or Wizard of Oz, one of the two. You know? is, it, is it an indica or is it a sativa? Uh, if it's at night, yeah, it's, it's, it's indica. Yeah, yeah. God, Lena. Yeah. We talk. Vape. Steve, chime in. Nah, I'm not. like, you're like, <laughs> right, right. He's Steve, like now it's Steve, my Steve, time. about his show right now. Yeah. Are you doing grass? Are, <laughs> are we dabbing? What's happening? Yeah, no, <laughs> so everyone agrees here that you shouldn't eat in bed. I mean, it, nah, it's man, a you, little dangerous, dog. You too? Yeah. Do you smoke in bed? Smoke in bed? Do you smoke in bed? Yeah, no. you don't. You would rather die than not smoke. I don't want smoke. crumbs and shit in, in the bed. Well, that's why you got yeah. the vape. Yeah. I do vape in bed. I'm trying to, I'm <laughs> trying to get to vape. I'm, vape is... I'm a, I mean, it, do you, you go vape back in and bed? forth. Yeah, but there's no That crumbs. doesn't count. There's no yeah. crumbs. Vape, that. There's no crumbs. That's what's so great about it. Less White than people nah, nah. Nah, You got to leave the eating in bed alone, man. We, we too old for that shit. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa, mind blowing. 
And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So... Check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees? Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Can I ask a random Lena question? Since you and Justin working on something else, does that mean that it's a wrap for Dear White People season two? No, season two is coming. Season two is done. That's in the can. That'll okay. be out in the summer. Okay. Uh, Wait, season... now back to eating bed. I don't feel like we're done with this. You went too early. I mean, I don't know. Justin may go do some movies, uh, but Dear White People is never dead. Dear White People is always going to live forever. We always I just got fell in love with that last We always months, got so. reasons to say Dear White People. <laughs> always. Even when we think we don't. It always comes back. <laughs> Shalandria. Hidden fences reminded us of that. We were like. Hidden fences. Right. So uh, explain, uh, uh, before we wrap, uh, we do want to go. When does the, the Spielberg movie come March 29th. Its title is? Ready Player One. Ready Player One, which is based on a best-selling novel written by Ernie Klein, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, here's a drink. We 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 showed it to an audience for the first time at South by, and I uh, tried to get into that show. Uh, he he was, was trying so hard, feening, dude. I wish like somebody would have. T- I would have tried to like figure it out. Oh, I was this like, one saw you on the airplane. Don't do that. 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 It's already done. It's already done. She saw you on the plane. Those two chicken shit to say hello. What? Yeah, she was like some weird stalker shit. No, like, I did. What had happened was you should have texted Quest. Like, he would have told you. Like I'm like the most realest motherfucker. You no, come up Ian, to me. my cousin Ian told me you were cool and shit. It wasn't about that, Lena. It's yeah, just that sometimes right. there are like five people in this world that like I'm I'm real fans of their work and their art, and so sometimes it's hard for me to like approach. You know what I mean? No, you should always so come say what's just, up. Just say hi. I mean, it's not, but yeah. I'm glad we're talking now. But you could have told you, you could have said hi, and you know. I'll y'all, see you in a couple. I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you would have been like, yo, I'm right on this, I'm on this so, okay. show host. I'm like, oh, True dope. story. I saw you in the eatery before we boarded, and then I saw you sitting down in, in oh, first. This is, this is, now it's getting weird. And this is getting Okay, stop. Oh, well, that's always <laughs> awesome. awkward. It's like you see me sitting in first class, and it's always first like, First of all, that whole by. walk is awkward. Like, the I know. Oh, yeah. people figure something out. It's, it's like, I feel bad. I feel like a lot of people up there feel bad because we're like, we want you to have the TV and to be able to charge your phone as well. And I'm going to use your bathroom. Don't tell me not to use your bathroom because I'm coming. I'm coming. 
that's why like first class, first board, class board, board last, last. so then you don't know who the first fuck is up there. should board last. No, I want to be on first so I can gloat at everyone. Well, I know oh, you do. God. Come on, oh, no. I got issues. It's awkward. Wait, wait, wait. Look at the poverty passing me. <laughs> 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 listen, no, listen. No. All right. So you remember uh, when Bone Thugs and Harmony did the MTV Awards Jesus. with the horses? The night oh, with that the horses at MTV Awards, they did Crossroads. And oh, they the had, yeah, Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we were there that night with the Michael Jackson kiss with Lisa yeah, Marie. Yeah, with Lisa Marie. Yeah. Oh, All shit. That. So Ooh. I was on an airplane at JFK, and like I had that moment with Bone Thugs and Harmony, mm. where it was like, <laughs> you peasant, you. And we like dust, we went to the coach section. We felt all bad about ourselves. <laughs> Damn. All the Uncle Charles, all the motherfuckers were just like boom, sitting, boom, boom, yeah. sitting first they, class. Were they singing as they were there? Though? Don't it make you appreciate were. that moment when you can sit first the class? You're like, damn. No, but it was well, just like, <laughs> see you in economy. We, we, thought, like, we were peers and stuff. And, you know, we were, no, 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 no. Not, like the security guard was like, no, no, not not, not right now. Like, oh, damn. Oh, so wow. Bitter economy. Well, yeah, I definitely don't have that. It was like that. So. Yeah, so always we we were sitting in the back like, watch one day we gonna ride first class. Yep. <laughs> we gonna look down on everyone when they walk past us. So to this day, we always make sure we pre board with the handicapped people to make sure that we're yep. all first. Damn, yep. let I your petty flourish. I ain't that bitter. That is I watched so that happen. Well, Lena, I appreciate those sunglasses that you was wearing to make yourself feel like you wasn't really there, but we saw you. Oh, no, I the sunglasses. But here's the, yeah, I did sunglasses, sunglasses in first. I do sunglasses too? because like I might have been like a little sleepy. Be yeah, a little tired. I, do or sunglasses like, I just sometimes yeah. I just be like trying to, you know, else you on a plane on a zone now. Sunglasses. I just be going to sleep. That's why. I, that's yeah, why I, I just be. I don't be wanting. There's too much light. Well, also, too much yeah, activity. I don't appreciate people that have their. You know, when I was a kid, open had up the window, thing open up. Yeah, man, I was sitting nah. in front of a kid. This, I was like, man, fuck this kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just seen the sun before. Man. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I immediately put the shade down. I put the blanket over my head. I just be like trying to zone out. Oh, phone. you're one of those people who put blanket the blanket over the head. head. <laughs> like, leave me be. I don't know if I trust that with, you know. On a plane. Yeah. On a plane like that, do a lot of white people recognize you? How does that work? I was thinking that too. I was like, do you get the... Um, yeah, I mean, it's always weird. I don't know. It's like people, well, yes, a lot of white people for sure watch Master of None. So, oh, like, you know, uh, so they, but it's weird. But I, sometimes you just see them, they they look, they acknowledge, and they go, oh, yes, yeah, a girl. And sometimes they'll say hi, sometimes they won't, but it's all good. Sometimes they'll come up so and ask for a picture. So, more of this flight story, the, the other, the, what's my man's yeah. name that was on the flight with you from Hamilton? I know I should. David. 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 Yeah. So, the guy that sat beside me on the flight was like, oh my God, did you see David just sitting in first class? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, did you see that Lena Waith is sitting in first class? He was like, who was I was like, oh my God, she's the first black woman. Yes. That I didn't speak that to. That I didn't speak to. I know. Yeah. This is sounding. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a remix. I words. Hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. I saw David. Even I said what's up to him. I don't know him like that, but I was like, what's up, brother? What's up? Just figure you were, you were talking about uh, the uh, the Ready Player One premiere. Yeah. And I want to hear like your story, because I had a friend that was there, and she told me about like the sound. The sound yeah, like that, right? We blew you the gotta, speakers. Yeah. We blew the speakers. It was like it's like it's a very like big freaking movie it's like a blockbuster movie that's what it is and spielberg, so yeah. spielberg he fucking went in and it's like so the speakers blew and the good the good news was everybody was so captivated that when the speakers the sound went out motherfuckers like lost their shit they're like no because it's a very critical point in the it's movie a, yeah, and then we tried it again the sound still wouldn't play they're like oh my god and then the third time when they played and the sound went through like everybody like there was a, a, a little like standing ovation because yeah. they were ready to see how the movie ended but they it was just a phenomenal experience and to sit in the theater with those people and like it's exciting 
excited as they were. And obviously, Stephen came out and surprised everybody. But it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal energy. Was that your first time watching it? That was my second time watching it. But it was my second time watching it with the honor. It felt like a first time because first time you watch it, you're at the Warner Brothers lot. Like, there's like execs and stuff. So it's like, okay. It's not a real But crowd. seeing it with these people, like, it blew my mind. And it was work- a DeLorean out front. It was the shit. Well, yeah, because Ernie Klein drives a DeLorean. He yeah. pulled up in that motherfucker. And working like with a- Steven Spielberg is like Did you nerd heaven. Out? Heaven, okay. heaven on earth. Did you nerd out over the DeLorean or just no, over in general? Just working with Steven Spielberg. And well, here's the thing: you gotta play it cool. You gotta, you gotta act it. like it's fine. Wait, have you ever nerded? Because I imagine that you play cooler than thou with any situation that you're in. Yes, and that gets you in the rooms better than nerding out with people. <laughs> Maybe. But have you ever just lost your shit over someone that you met? Like, oh my fucking god! I, you know, I kind of did a little bit with Howie. When I like, you know, it's funny because I had met her a couple of times, but like we were, well, it's weird because she, well, at that point she knew me and she was like, oh, Lena's is my friend. I was like, what's up? And it was Oscar night and we were at the Vanity Fair party and it was like the Oscars had happened and so it was an after party. And I just, I just had to tell her, I was like, your Oscar speech like really made me feel like I could do anything. And I was like, so for me to be a first on the Emmy stage, um, just I just couldn't help but think of you and I wanted to be as eloquent in my speech as you were in yours. And that to me was like, I'm it was and then I just started saying like, yo, man, I own losing Isaiah on DVD. I remember watching Alex Haley's Queen. Duh, you know, that was so she was so good in and that. And I said, I said, I still can't believe you played well, second she, fiddle to Robin Givens and Boomerang. You're like, I was like going <laughs> in. And she was just like laughing. My fiance was like, oh, here we go. Like, we started coming out. I was just like, bitch, you mean something to us. Like, you're an icon. She was like, really? I'm an icon. I was like, yes. Like, Straight you're an icon. Up. Like she didn't know. No, I think sometimes she she's like, am I like, what's up? Trust me. No, thank you. Or she doesn't know. She don't like. She's like, like I don't know. What was it? I was like, yo, she, Hallie. Yo, Queen shot. is a big deal. She jungle don't even fever. Like, yeah, yeah, jungle fever. I just think like I love should have brought your ass home last I'm just, night. I was like, nah, yo, was Hallie, classic. you mean a lot to us. And I was like, you should always know that. And she's like, I shall receive that. And she's like, thank you. But you could tell like she really was like, oh okay, like I appreciate that. But like she's still like she's dope and she has she's a really had a really. Great career, continues to have a really dope career, but she's just amazing. She's amazing. So I geeked out. I geeked out on her. I said the same thing to Cree Summer. (laughs) Yo, I I, I would geek out over Cree too. And I've met her, like, we've been at like NAACP Image Awards together, whatever. But if I had an opportunity, I'd be like, yo, Cree, yo, I had that crush when you got with Ron. Like, did the press. That's she said that was, was like, an odd storyline. We talked about that. She was like, that she was, was odd. I yeah. thought it was I dope. I didn't believe her and Ron, though. I didn't. I, I, I did. I did. I didn't That's believe a, she went straight into a lawyer and then it was. Yeah, it was. Yo, I want to talk to you about it, but here's the, here's the real tea. I think it actually made sense because it's kind of like, that's how it is with people. It's a person that can't, you kind of can't stand and get on your nerves. But also, it made, it's like they were very different people when they yeah. were in college and they didn't get together until after they had both like graduated. I fuck with, although her and Shazar were lit. Her and Shazam, but also her and Shazam made it was so made so much sense. Like, of course, right. I mean they look yeah. like brother and sister. So when her and Ron, I thought it was kind of hot. Like, Ron, I, did, I didn't get by Ron because I don't. I just don't believe light skin on light skin love works. Oh, that's right. Ah, like, I just, that, that, that don't. This is a great Fonte theory. Yeah. I, well, I didn't like him and Kim. Him and Kim didn't work at all. Well, I, liked, uh, I liked him and Kim because no. he loved. You her. could tell that they that the writers were like, oh, wouldn't this be Wait, cool? What did you just do? And they did a detour. <laughs> 
I think it was offensive. I'm sorry. I think it was offensive. I'm sorry. I just make this. You know, no. Kim had lost all that. Remember that episode when she revealed herself yes. and, and the Angel Mama episode? Kim was fine. Mm. Kim, I like, I like she, Big Kim. Wait, Steve, oh. have you ever watched yeah. an episode of A Different World? No. No, it's too blackity black. It is It is really black. It's not as black as Amistad, but it's black. It's black. Wait, does, is it on iTunes? What? A Different World? It's I don't on, know. I think it's, no, it's on Amazon. It's on, yeah, it's on, oh yeah, it's on iTunes. So you can buy you can buy episodes on. Okay, iTunes. I'll, I'll do. I, I watch all my TV on Amazon. Classic, so classic. Speaking of Amazon, I watched the shot. I, cra- I watched the first two episodes. Like I, I watched, I think I watched the first two episodes over over at your house when we were in LA. I love. And it. then finally, when I knew you were coming, I was like, okay, let me get the rest of them down. Get caught I was, up to your homework. Yeah, bro. let me do my homework. You know what I'm saying? Because I really did like the first two, and I Thank but you. then just you life happened. Shit, yeah, so I was shit. like, but one thing I really like it was one. And you have to pardon me because I'm terrible with character names. I know the actors, but I know Got the characters. It. So one thing that really rang true to me, it was a scene where you showed the kid Alex, the real, that's uh-huh, his real name. Kevin, yeah, Kevin. really was Alex Tepper. He plays Kevin, yeah. Yeah, his uh, scene where he's trying to get with the girl and he, he, he has a crush on the girl. Uh-huh. And so he goes to his sister and his sister is like, oh, you got to respect women. You got to do this yeah. and don't just tell her eyes are pretty, whatever. Uh-huh. But then you showed another scene where he's riding with, Reg, yeah, and uh-huh. Reg tells him something completely yeah, I, I, the opposite. That like, shit was ignore so ignore these girls, man. Treat them shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that like rang so true to me. Like oh, as wow. a kid, like as a boy, like yeah. you know, you'll see your mom might tell you one thing, right. but then you but look at your, like, your uncle that got all the holes. It's like, well, mm. he the one with the holes, so he, I don't know. He like, treat them pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and I think that's what we really try to do is to try to like be as honest and as authentic as we possibly can. And um and just really show like black life and I feel like that's a part of it. Like dudes don't they learn about how to be with women from other dudes. And we feel like Reg, who was sort of like, you know, he's that dude, he's a runner, he out here, you know, working with people. And he we feel like what would he say to a car full of three one one's a little brother and other boys. And we feel like this is what he would say. That's like exactly he would say, like, man, said. fuck these hoes. You those know? kids are shining. Oh, those kids are phenomenal. And um yeah, Papa's my dude. I Papa, like Papa is a real <laughs> Chicago boy, you know, and uh just a lot. A lot of personality, a lot of swag, and we and they really we're grateful to them because that's where we get to have the levity. But also, you know, we deal with the real shit. You know, with the character of Jake, who is obviously sort of who, who's Reg's bigger brother. Where we see how the gangsters are born. Yeah, you the know, cycle. Yeah, a lot of people think like, oh yeah, this little black boys are born with like guns in their hands. We're like, no, there it, it's 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 nurture. You know, not nature. It's not nature. Yeah. And I think that's sort of my, you know, my mission to show. And also sometimes you can have, the, you can be a part of that environment and go the opposite way. Whenever people get all freaked out about Chicago, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a product of Chicago. So it's Chance. So it's Common. So it's Jennifer Hudson. You know, so it's like we, so it's Quincy Jones. You know what I mean? So it's like easy. You know, it's like we, that's also what that environment can produce as well. There was how, one, uh, I'll just say a question. I can't, again, his name, Steven, the, the, from 21 Jump Street. Uh, we always call oh, him the 21 yeah, Q. Yeah. I just call him who the OG. Q? Who yeah. plays Q? Who plays Q? Yeah. How did y'all get him? Because he's my favorite character. I oh, lo- shit. He kills every fucking scene. He's, I, I, I love him. Well, like, we kind of really wanted, like, and I, I, those kind of guys used to be around my house. I live with my grandmother growing, coming up, so those kind of cats were always around my house. Like, these old dudes who were like, you know, who, you know, wear the, the fucking the silk shirts and the, <laughs> the, the fedoras and whatever. I think they too cool for school. And so I really kind of wanted to have that element of Chicago, like, that kind of, like, OG, like, who Stephen used to run Williams, the streets? Right? Stephen Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I always knew him as uh, Pam's rich boyfriend from the episode of Martin. You know, he's like the skybox. Ah, oh, damn, he was. Oh, you the too young. Sky, the skybox. And the cop in the Blues Brothers. 
Skinny oh, as yeah, we, I we all the have different references. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that reference. Yeah, she was white, reference. white people watched Twenty One Jump, Jump Street. The captain. Yeah, Twenty One yeah. Jump Street. Yeah. The <laughs> Fuck yes, they did. <laughs> but like, but I was like, we gotta have that element of like what Chicago streets used to be. Like there was a code, there was an honor, because we kept hearing that from a lot of. Um, we would just talk to like cats from Chicago who maybe who had been in, you know in the streets or whatever, and they were like, there used to be a code, and like now there isn't, and that's a difference. And so we kind of want to show that character, and you'll see how it, well now. If, if, you, if you're caught up you know how he's connected to yeah. the story I'm not going to yeah. talk about it nah. uh, but um, and then the finale is if you liked him like the finale is going to okay. really be dope okay cool that's all I'll say I was going to ask how in the in the age of uh, the, polit- uh, the the political climate mm-hmm. we're in now where mm-hmm. people are so quick to say what about Chicago right like they're really concerned about mm-hmm. Chicago I mean how heavy does that weigh on your mind when you're as far as how this show is presented to us. Because even for me, maybe the first five minutes when I started watching the pilot, mm. part of me was like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the gratuitous violence that's right. just what we know, you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, what, what were your opinions as a Chicago filmmaker? Mm-hmm. What were your opinions on Chirac? Chirac? Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like I feel like everybody has a right to. Spike's been on the show before, so he knows we have beef with it. But I'm oh wow, that. okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, and, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, but I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for Spike. You know, like right. I watch right. his shit, and like you know, it's like that's this. He, we're all his sons and daughters, whether we like it or not. And I, my thing is, he has a right to tell a story about Chicago. The the tough thing is, is like you're gonna get a unique story from him because he's not from there. Mm-hmm. Like if I told a story about New York, it may not feel a hundred percent like New York. Cause mm-hmm. I ain't come up, you know, over here. So I think, and I think what he was trying to do was just bring attention to what was going on. And also he did it through his lens and through his vibe and how he gets down. So I would never attack the movie. Um, I just think for me, when I, you know, again, mine's not a movie, it's a series, but this is Chicago through my lens. Mm-hmm. And I think both are valid, but people can also have a right to say, I don't fuck with Chirac and I fuck with the Shy. That's their right. Or some people may say, I only fuck with the Shy. I like Chirac more. That's their prerogative. So I think ultimately we all have a right to make story, to make a movie or a TV show about a particular place. I think it's just a matter of, you know, I want to just, my shit, I want to be grounded as fuck, real as fuck. Um, that was my mission. I was like, how can I make sure? And also, I think there's ways we could be better about that in season two. Um, and that's my mission as well, to make it blacker, to make it more authentic, to make it more rooted in the city. Um, because that's my goal, is just to get a really accurate snapshot of the city. Not a super positive one, not a super violent one. Because we don't shy away from violence on the show. Like, we we, we yeah, approach it. Uh, but it's but, not super violent. I didn't find yeah, the show to be super. It's not, it didn't feel, feel exploitative. Like, no, because you know I mean? I'm just like, that's not all Chicago is. You know, like Chicago's also block parties. Right. Chicago's also little kids, you know, not crossing certain blocks. That was a big mm-hmm. thing for me. Like, my mom was like, okay, you can't go past that street. Like, okay, so I want to incorporate that into the show. It's full of grandmothers, you know. It's full of, like, the Chicken you know, man. I like, uh, I can't remember his name. I like Sonny, him. You Sonny, know, it's like our little Harold's chicken you know it's like and you got people because this was my experience where people who were in the community who I wasn't related to feel very much like my family because they saw me come up they would like look out for me they contribute to my college fund like all that kind of stuff and I think that's the thing I really want to get across about Chicago is that we really are very familial we're very much like a community if anybody's ever been to Chicago mm-hmm. like it feels like a small town and yeah, I think the that's scene the where thing she, that people don't get when the they scene watch other shit where they were in uh, where Miss Ethel is talking to uh, I can't remember the other the nurse character, yeah Jada, Jada. Uh, Emmett's mom yeah, yeah, his mom, and she's like, "Get me my uh my cigarettes." Yeah, I knew what it mm-hmm. was. I was like, 
Yeah. And she and you know, she thought she was asking for cigarettes, but that was where she kept her money. Yeah. And like that was so And real that's based on my grandmother, you know what I'm saying? Old folk and, do not fuck with banks. <laughs> like yeah. that was no, <laughs> straight up. No. And uh, and I think and that's to me there's a hominess that I'm trying to bring to the show and to show people the city that they just haven't seen before because it's like I'm from there. Like I know those people and my mom still lives there. You know, a lot of my family's still in Chicago. So I just I'm always gonna have a connection to it in a way that just other filmmakers just won't. And that's cool. Quest, when are you gonna exec produce the two one five? Got him. He uh, nice. look at him speechless. Uh, Welcome uh, back to Jab with Sugar. I, 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 I have enough on my uh, on my plate. I'm still trying to exec produce, get a piece of uh, chat with sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. So uh well, you know, I do, do you have anything else? I do not. She's just one about two one five. <laughs> oh no no no! I'm I'm good. Just, okay, uh, thank no, you just, for all you do. Just make, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do. I was about to say no, that. Yeah, thank you, Lena. Please don't go anywhere. I ain't going nowhere. Okay. I may back up. You may not see my face, but you always hear my work. I just want to hear your voice. As long as I can hear your voice, Got I'm you. good. I'll just keep coming back on the on the uh, podcast. That's keep you. doing it. That too. Keep doing it. Well, we thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Thank we y'all for having me. And on behalf of uh, Sugar Steve, host of uh, Chat with Sugar, Uncle Bill. Uh, it's slowly at the top. Fontigolo, <laughs> uh, proprietor of uh, No News is Good News. Yes. And uh, oh, yeah. also, uh, uh, it's Laia. Uh, and thank you, Lena, for coming on the show. This me. is Quest Love. We will see you uh, on the next go round. And uh, shout out to Boss Bill. Take yeah, care, bro. Yeah, get better, Boss Bill. Yeah. Go to Urgent Care. Stop <laughs> yeah, fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. R- 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 Craig Mack. R.I.P. Craig Mack. R.I.P. Craig Mack. All right. And the other guy. Good day. Okay. What? Oh, Good Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, Stephen Hawking. Damn. And, and yeah. Matt Dyke. Only on this podcast with Craig, Craig Mack, Mack and that white dude who knew the sign. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was him. Damn. Hey, From man, the Simpsons. You, hey, man, how you going to do that sign? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Time out. There's some face. tasteless Turn jokes that are about to happen. Turn the fade back probably just... Wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> Space bar. Your Stephen Hawking reference is from his episode of The Simpsons. Wow. I don't... I knew who he was before. You got a movie? Like, I, yeah, I, it's so blackity, black, black. I love the theory of it. I can't even play anything now. I already shut down my, my machine. That is awesome. That's amazing. Anyway, all right, yeah, shout out to Craig Mack and, and Stephen Hawking and, and Matt Dyke, proprietor. Matt Dyke, oh man, Delicious Vinyl. Uh, delicious Vinyl, oh, yes. absolutely. Yeah, so we will... This is the only podcast to close off on death. death I know. It's like RIP. I like how you did it too. It was so low key. You were like, shout out to Craig Mack. I'm like, no, RIP. Yes, yes, RIP. I feel like Boss Bill should add Gangster Lean by DRS and Post. Like, yes. And as we fade out, Gangster All right, we'll see you on the next go round. See you. West Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.